Welcome back to another edition of Getting Real with Jason Lopez. I'm your host, Jason Lopez. I hope everyone had a great January. It is hard to believe we are into the second month of 2021, coming up now on just over a year into the pandemic. Vaccines are flowing, although I think many would agree not at a fast enough rate, yet they are coming. I'm happy to say that uh, my parents, my in-laws have all been vaccinated with their first dose. All went well, and uh, we're excited to be able to uh, get everybody vaccinated and uh, hanging out <laughs> at some point. Hope that everything is well uh, with you and yours out there in the real world. So today I want to discuss what is happening in the real estate market. We tend to jump around a lot on getting real. And uh, a big part of what we talk about is real estate, technology, things of that nature. And uh, since we're into the new month, um, I thought it'd be pertinent to just share a little bit about what's happening in the marketplace. Now, what I'm gonna talk about here is uh, specifically Southern California. All of the data that I'm going to share comes from a platform called InfoSparks. Uh, which is tied into the multiple listing services. In this case, uh, the MLS is known as the California Regional Multiple Listing Service. It is the largest MLS in the country and therefore has a ton of data. And so I want to share some of that on some of the main uh, metrics, the key metrics, if you will, uh, that we are that we're tracking and kind of put into perspective what is happening. Now, I want to start off by saying, that the uh, real estate market in most parts of the country is very, very vibrant and very dynamic. There is a lot happening. <clears throat> there are some challenges, to be sure. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, how uh, the lack of inventory um, is, is, a, is a major uh, challenge right now. We're going to talk about how that is fueling price increases and making it a really good time to sell. Um, and then also we're going to talk about the flip side of that. What is the impact on buyers and the interest rates um, that buyers are dealing with, which is uh, really keeping them in the game. So we're going to talk about a few things like that. But I want to go over some key metrics. And I wanted to set the stage by just saying what I'm going to share with you, again, is data from InfoSparks pulled from the California Regional Multiple Listing Service as of the end of January of 2021. Uh, we are not going to put any filters in right now. I may do some later, but what we're going to uh, share is basically a wide open, big picture, high level overview of the Southern California real estate market. Um, so we're going to look at all property types, all um, bedrooms and bathrooms, all square footages, uh, I will slice and dice the data in a little while just to give you a, a hyper-local look at some areas. And if you're interested in knowing what's going on in your marketplace, let me know. You can always reach out to me, jason at joinreal.com or hit me up on social. And I'd be happy to run your neighborhood, your community, your zip code, your city, your county, your region, whatever you'd like. 
I can do it. And I can get really specific in terms of if you have a condo or a single family home, if you have a three bedroom or a six bedroom, if you have a one bathroom or a three bathroom, I can make it work for you. But for uh, this session, I wanna cover again, big picture, high level, uh, on what's happening kind of generally speaking without any filters. So right now, the median price of homes in CRMLS is 630,000. That's actually down a little bit compared to our last peak, which was in October of last year, 645,000 then. It's dropped to 640 in November, 638 in December, January, we saw it at 630. Now, the median price represents an equal number of homes above that price and below that price. So it's a little different than average. The average can get thrown off a little bit because if we have some really high-end sales, that could affect the average price. I'll give you the average in a minute. But the median is 630000 That represents a 14.5% increase over January of 20. 20. So we've seen an uptick in that. Um, and it really bounced up in May of last year. It went from 553,000 to that peak again of 645,000. Uh, the average price, if you're curious, is a lot higher than that. $844,345 to be exact. That is a 13.5% increase over January of 2020. And it is down, believe it or not. Our peak there was also in October, was 882,000, uh, and it's dropped down in January to 844. So um, again, those have been the highest it's been, um, at least in the last five years. All right, let's talk a little bit about the listing inventory. And um, when I open these, um, uh, these windows up, um, what I see is like a graph and it looks like a heart rate monitor. If you're familiar with the heart rate monitor, those little blips, right? And kind of goes up and down, up and down. That's exactly what it looks like. Um, so we talk about inventory. The first thing we want to discuss is how many new listings came on the market in January. And really, I'm going to share some, some information going back a couple of years. It's been pretty steady. Uh, we see um, kind of a buildup on that front half of the year as we get into the spring and summer selling months. We usually see inventory increase, and then it slides down on the backside of the year um, as we move into fall and winter, kids going back to school, um, seasonality, things like that. Um, but our new inventory is actually up, new listings in uh, January uh, in Southern California, 21,692 new listings came on the market. 21,692. That was up from December, which was 17,128 new listings. So we added about um, about 5,000 or so listings. That's actually down, however, from January of 2020, 14%. Uh, January of 2020, um, our new listings that came on the market was over 25,000. So about 4,000 difference there. Um, here's the challenge, however, when we look at new inventory coming on the market, when we go ahead and we look at the pending sales, pending sales are how many homes go under contract, actually go into escrow, if you will, um, during a month. So our pending sales for January was 14,360. 
14,360, and we had 21,000 new listings come on the market. So we almost sold everything that came on the market, just a couple thousand difference there. Our pending sales are also down in January compared to January of 2020 uh, by just over 17%, okay? And it's been a big slide, the steepest slide in under contracts that we've seen um, uh, over the last five years. When we look at the total active listings, okay? This is total active listings in January. So this is everything, including the new listings that came on the market in January, plus what was already there. Our active listings in January was 32,399. Total homes for sale in all of Southern California, 32,399. Listen to this, you guys. Compared to January of 2020, that's down 47.5%. 47.5%. The last peak we saw was in 2018, where we had over 107,000 listings for sale in Southern California. So think about that. Two years ago, well, not quite uh, three years ago, September of 2018, 107,000 homes for sale. In January, we had 32,000 homes for sale, total homes for sale. So again, that's down just January to January of last year, 47.5% decrease in the number of available homes. That's the challenge for buyers, you guys. That's why it's so frustrating for buyers. That's why we are seeing multiple offers on pretty much every property that comes on the market. Uh, we're seeing homes sell well over the listed price um, and bidding wars. We are seeing um, offers being written without contingencies that would normally be there, like appraisal contingencies. We're seeing larger down payments. Um, and we're seeing shorter escrows um, and even more cash offers coming in right now. So I wanna caution you, however, that it's not like it was during the Great Recession when we had the bubble burst, as you, will, as you might remember, back in 2007, 2008. It is a totally different circumstance. This price increase, this activity is really being fueled by the low levels of inventory. It has nothing to do with the mortgage market, which really drove the last meltdown. Uh, there were risky mortgages being offered. Um, they were shorting the market. And this is really more about supply and demand. We see fabulous interest rates still near historic lows. And it is not a free-for-all when it comes to mortgages. You still have to have good credit. You still have to meet debt-to-income ratios. You still have to have some down payment, so some skin in the game um, that offsets the risk for the mortgage company to loan. Um, even if you come in without an appraisal contingency, all that means is if you're getting a loan, the bank is still going to do an appraisal. And if it comes in under your offer price or accepted price, then you're going to have to come up with the difference as the buyer. That's what you're agreeing to by coming in with no appraisal contingency. So to keep the math simple, you have a house listed for 500,000. You write because there's 50 other offers at 570. Your offer gets accepted at 570. Appraisal comes in at 525. You didn't have an appraisal contingency. You will have to pay the difference between the 525 appraised value and the 570 or cancel, right? The the But the seller's not obligated, they may be able to keep your deposit. So you need to make sure to talk through the risks uh, with your agent 
um, to make sure you understand exactly how that could work and that you're making an informed decision that's going to be in your best interest. Very, very important. Okay. So the other thing I want to talk about you guys is what is the month supply of inventory? Month supply. And this is also known as the absorption rate. And basically it answers the question, how long would it take to sell the existing inventory if nothing new came on the market? Right now in January, we were at a 1.6 month supply of inventory, 1.6 months. That's the lowest it's been. Well, I'm looking at a five-year window. I'm going to go out. I think this would be 10 years. Actually, this is 15 years. It's the lowest it's been in at least 15 years, which is long as we, as long as we go back. Okay. Uh, when I ran this number for San Diego County, um, uh, on Tuesday, yesterday, we were at 0.8, eight tenths of a month supply of inventory. Okay. Again, a super challenge, a normal market where it wouldn't really favor a buyer or a seller, what we call a neutral market is usually four to six months supply of inventory. Well, the last time we were at a four to six month supply of inventory, um, was in, June of 20, July, August of 2019, we were at a 4.1 month supply. Right now, again, 1.6 month supply. So if you are a seller, you may want to look at the market and decide if now is the time to sell. Uh, maybe it's a few years sooner than you had planned. I'm telling you, it may never be a better time to be a seller. Now, the challenge you'll have to consider is what are you going to buy? So think about your plans um, and, and where you want to be an important consideration. OK, um, but then I want to give you a, a little look at also what homes are actually selling for compared to what they're listed at. OK, uh, we call this the uh, uh, list to sale price ratio. So right now, the list to sale price ratio since uh, really since August of last year has been at 100 percent. It doesn't factor in if they sold for more than that, really, but it's been they've been selling for, for over list price pretty much across the board since August of last year. That's a uh, uh, just over one and a half percent increase over January of 2020, where it was at about 98 percent of list price. OK, so um, some some numbers to kind of to kind of keep in mind. Um, again, if we look at timing days on market. Um, in June of last year, it was 19 days on market on average. Um, actually, I'm sorry, that's the median. Um, in June of last year, it was 39 days on average. It's dropped to about 30 days. It bottomed out in November, 27 days. Um, so homes are selling quickly. And that is one of the challenges when we look at those pending numbers, homes going under contract compared to um, the total inventory we're selling the houses faster than we can bring them on the market. I mean, that's just really what it comes down to. All right, let me let me slice and dice this uh, this data just a little bit so um, you can get an, uh, an idea of what um, might be happening in your area. So I'm going to change this. That was what we were looking at again, a big picture, high level overview, all property types, um, all bedrooms and bathrooms, all square footages. So I'm going to add some filters in and kind of um, switch it up a little bit so you can kind of get an idea. We're going to look at single family detached homes. So this is kind of your, your typical house, right? Uh, we're going to go with a three bedroom uh, property um, with two baths. And we're going to go somewhere between um, 
1,000 to 2,000 square feet, okay? Just to, just to kind of give you kind of a typical Southern California house, if you will, right? Um, just crunching the numbers here, crunching the numbers. All right, based on that criteria that I just entered, again, single family detached, three bedroom, two bath house between 1,000 and 2,000 square feet. New listings on the market were up over December. Uh, we had 2,600 new listings that meet that criteria come on the market, but that's down over last January, 17.5%. Our total active inventory for that criteria in January was 2,649 total active listings, uh, down 59% compared to January of 2020. Okay, uh, Homes under contract for January, uh, it's been a steep drop since October of last year. We had 1,964 homes, three bedroom, two bath, go under contract in January, down 22% over last January. And our total closings were, da uh, were down to, um, uh, compared to December, uh, 2,397 total closed three bedroom, two bath homes. That was actually up 9.2% compared to last January, but down from December where we had 30, almost 3,400 homes close and again, 2,300. So we lost a, a, a thousand um, transactions uh, in January uh, on actual closings. Um, our, uh, our average sale price is up um, in January was 601,000. $488, that's up 15.9% over last January. And the median price uh, was 580 for three bedroom, two baths. That's up almost 20%. So there's a lot going on in the market, right? Let's take a quick, uh, another quick look here. Um, I'm gonna switch this up. Oh, that again was the total MLS. Um, I'm gonna keep that same criteria, but I'm gonna add, um, I'm gonna add, a, a, just go by county. And I'm just going to pull up, let's pull up Orange County, California. Um, so look at Orange County, California uh, for some of that same criteria. Um, Orange County, new listings has been really flat over the last several years. Um, uh, we had uh, 1,711 new listings come on the market in January. That was down 17.5% over last year. Um, our active listings 2,721. So listen to that. So we had 1,700 new listings come on in January. The total actives were 2,700. So there were only 1,000 listings on the market that were already there when the new listings came on. So less than 3,000 um, homes for sale in Orange County. Uh, let's look at our sales prices there. Our median price for Orange County 630,000, um, I'm sorry, 735,000, which is up 12%. The average price, 916,000, um, which is, uh, is, is a 9% increase over last January. So again, if you guys want information on any of those areas, I'm happy, or your area, I'm happy to break this down and send it to you. Um, just send me an email, jason at joinreal.com, or you can connect with me on social. And uh, just give me the details of, you know, what area you're looking in, what type of property, in any, any pertinence that you want to share about the property so I can get very specific for you and, um, and share uh, whatever might be of interest to you. So that's the market update for what's happening around Southern California as InfoSparks tells the story. And again, 
data pulled from the California Regional Multiple Listing Service. All right, there's a couple other things I want to discuss quickly that are just kind of happening in the industry. Um, there has been a lot of um, uh, things happening around fair housing. Now, you're probably aware we have had fair housing laws on the books for years and years and years, and they are uh, federal in nature as well as state um fair housing laws. And in many cases, the state laws are stricter than the federal laws. Um, however, a couple of years ago, there was kind of a hidden camera expose that took place um, in Long Island, New York, where reporters undercover went out and um, met with various real estate agents. Um, and we had uh, diverse uh, reporters um, that went out and uh, met with the same real estate agents. And there were some issues. I'm going to be very blunt about that. There were some issues around fair housing, uh, people being steered towards certain neighborhoods based on their ethnic backgrounds or uh, skin color, things of that nature. So the National Association of Realtors has um, made a push to step up the fair housing um, issues. Now, there's no new laws per se. The laws are in place. What's going on is uh, people just aren't following the laws in place. And I hate to say it about an industry that I care so passionately about, um, but it's like any other industry, I guess, where you've got bad actors um, that step up. And um, real estate is a unique industry in that we tend to police ourselves. And um, so this has brought a lot of awareness around that. Um, I took a really interesting training the other day um, about implicit bias, meaning, you know, all of us kind of just have some biases in us anyway. It doesn't mean that we're racist or bigots um, or um, that we we don't believe in, in equality. It just means maybe we were raised in a certain way and or through media and absorbing uh, media and watching TV and, and, and just, you know, it's taken us however old we are to become the person we are, right? And so you may have some implicit biases in you. And so that was an interesting class that the California Association of Realtors put together. And um, it just, you know, they, they did some exercises just to kind of take a look within about what you feel and think about as it relates to um, people of a different color, different ethnic backgrounds, different religions, right? There's a lot going on in the world where I think we could use some love and kindness. And so it was, an, it was a neat way um, in a structured environment to kind of get a little bit of perspective on um, maybe some of those uh, things in, that, that, are, that are inside of us. So um, a lot happening around fair housing and um, we'll continue uh, to, to uh, share information on that, track that, and certainly encouraging our agents to uh, make sure they're doing the right thing. Um, it makes me think of the definition of integrity uh, that I really like, which is uh, integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is looking. Right. So um, I'll leave it at I'll leave it at that. Uh, the other big news that I think is really making the rounds right now um, is uh, is Zillow. I know you guys are all familiar with Zillow. And, um, uh, you know, they've been around for uh, quite a while now, have become kind of one of the main go-to uh, sites out there for real estate. They started out as an aggregator, which basically means they collected listing data from lots of different sources, um, 
specifically multiple listing services from around the country and uh, put it up on their site so people can search. They've built a lot of data and metrics and tools around the, the listing data that they display. Uh, you may be familiar with their infamous Zestimate, right? Their estimate of home value, um, which if you read the fine print at one juncture said could be off by as much as 30% plus or minus. Um, so they have recently become a full-fledged brokerage, meaning that even though they have held broker's licenses for a long time in many states, primarily for their mortgage operations, um, since they got into the iBuying world, um, they wanted to have agents to represent them to sell the homes that they purchased through their iBuyer program. As such, they have recently converted their website, the listings that are displayed on their websites, as I mentioned, were culled from various sources, lots of different MLSs. But in the industry, brokerages and MLSs subscribe to what we call IDX, or Internet Data Exchange. And the way IDX works is this. As a broker, I can opt in to IDX, meaning that on my website and all of my agents on their websites, they can display any listing that is um, accessible through the multiple listing service from all the brokers who also subscribe to IDX. So I, I opt in and say, yes, I wanna be able to display all the other listings, even if they're not my company listings or my personal listings on my website, and I get access to do that. In return, all of the other agents and brokerages can display my company listings on their websites as well, right? So everybody opts in, we can all share the data and display the data uh, based on what the rules are uh, for, for doing such. Now, as a broker, I can also say, no, I do not want to participate in IDX. I want to opt out. I can do that. And no other brokerage can display my listings on their website if I opt out. But in return, I can't display any of their listings on my sites either. So because of that, everybody just decides to kind of opt in, right? So that's what Zillow is now doing. They have now become an IDX um, based um, search and display site. And so they're playing on the same level as all of the other brokers. Now this will uh, um, make it so that Zillow now has to play by a different set of rules. They have to follow all of the IDX rules when it comes to displaying listings and who the agent is and who the listing broker is, certain data um, that might be private in the MLS that is not public facing won't be able to be displayed. So it's a different ball game for them. Um, all that to say this, your best source for real estate information is always, always, always going to come from an in the know local broker, local agent, somebody who works that market every day. And it could be as simple as, hey, why does Zillow say my home is worth X and you're telling me it's worth Y? Well, Zillow uses an automated valuation. It's an algorithm and no computer is ever going to know why one home sold versus another and why the value was what it was. The algorithm just can't know, for example, that that home was highly upgraded or that there was some personal situation that caused the sale to happen. Um, and so there's a lot of details that a great local agent can provide and that's where you should go to get your data. They all have access to that information um, at even a deeper level than the Zillows of the world. So start there, do yourself a favor. Um, and I think you'll be much happier than uh, the data that you find out there in some of these other uh, places. All right, that being said, 
I am going to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Getting Real. I know the data episodes like this, the market reports, it's a lot coming at you. Again, if you want specific information in your local market, reach out. I'm happy to provide it for you. And until next time, be well and take care of each other.